Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. Motley Fool Money. Stock of the Week. G'day, I'm Scott Phillips, the Motley Fool's Chief Investment Officer here in Australia. Welcome to our ever-popular, increasingly popular, special weekly episode called Motley Fool's Stock of the Week, where we bring you one of our buy recommendations. We pull back the curtain and show you inside a buy recommendation from at least one of our Motley Fool services here in Australia to our members, to you for free. Yeah, I know, I know. We do it because we're good people. What can I say? Uh, This is being, of course, streamed on YouTube and through the Motley Fool Money podcast feed. So thank you to those both listening and viewing. Let me start with my usuals because I want you to know what you're getting when you're listening or watching Motley Fool Stock of the Week. The first thing is we are going to give you a current buy recommendation, but that can change at any time. In fact, it could change by the time this video is recorded. No, not really, but almost that quickly. Uh, We are going to, of course, keep a watchful eye on all of our recommendations, and we do reserve the right to change them. We want to make sure we give ourselves and you as much time as we can. So we don't expect any near changes, but it always could happen. And so we're recording this in the middle of September 2021. If it changes, then it changes. So just bear that in mind if you're watching or listening to this subsequent to this particular taping. Secondly, we don't know what's going to happen in the short term. These are not short-term trading recommendations. We can't do that. I wonder whether you can do that. I don't think you can. We are long-term investors. So we're looking out three years, five years, hopefully longer, and giving you recommendations we think are market beaters over that length of time, or at least with that length of time in mind we make the recommendation. And lastly, as I always say, all we can do is give you general financial advice, not personal advice. So you need to decide how and whether it applies to your personal circumstances. Now, you probably have heard me talk about this company before, particularly if you listen to our podcast, but I'm not going to do the talking, or at least I'm going to try not to do the talking this week. Instead, I'm bringing you one of the Motley Fool's number of gun analysts. This time, it's Andrew Leggett. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, Scott. Looking forward to uh, talking about this particular company. Excellent. Thank you. Now, for those regular podcast listeners, Andrew Page and I, different Andrew, Andrew Page and I uh, occasionally have it. well, it's a quasi-drinking game. We don't actually drink because that would be unprofessional and frankly embarrassing and I can't hold my liquor the way I used to. But when we mention Kogan on the Motley Fool Money podcast, it happens relatively regularly, unfortunately, and so uh, it usually is followed by the phrase drink. We're not going to do a drinking game while we do this, although I do have a can of Coke Zero in front of me. That might have to do. Uh, instead of that, we're going to let Andrew do most of the talking, as I said, but we are going to talk about the Kogan business, Kogan.com, Mighty Ape, a couple other bits and pieces to the Kogan company. For those people who have also, by the way, cross-promotion here, listen to The Good Oil with Scott Phillips. If you haven't yet, make sure you do because Rosalind Kogan was our most recent guest only yesterday. So it's a brand new episode. Jump on The Good Oil with Scott Phillips and check that one out. All right, that's enough cross-promotion. Let's get to the company, Andrew. The reason people are actually here in the first place I think most people know what Kogan is, but it's not just Kogan.com. Tell us about Kogan, the company, and Kogan, the business. So, yeah, so Kogan.com is obviously the retail platform. It's Australia's largest online retailer. So I think that's the part that most people are aware of. However, uh, you know, use the metaphor of an octopus. It's got its tentacles in so many <laughs> other different things. It's, uh, you know, it's truly trying to make money wherever it can find it. You know, it's now selling broadband plans, mobile plans, uh, travel packages, credit cards, Mm -hmm. insurance products, uh, you know, so many other things. Superannuation is in there as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if it feels like it can extract a dollar 
out of a market and especially in these cases, really big markets, it mm. is going to do so and it's shown a bit of success, which I'm sure we'll get into. But uh, yeah, so this Kogan kind of animal is this, it's so much more than what people realise. I should say too, for my own in my own defence, firstly I own shares. I should absolutely disclose that. Secondly, we were asked to do Kogan. You already had it on your list for a couple of weeks' time, so it was not my doing. Although I did say to you, hey, we had a question from a, a listener uh, who wanted us to cover Kogan, so we thought we'd, we'd bring it up the uh, bring it up the roster a little bit. Yeah, like it's not just it's not just Kogan Australia, right? There's Mighty Ape in New Zealand. Matt Blatt, it owns as well. Um, it, it's it is a business, I guess. I gotta say, I think the word platform is kind of overused. Everything's a platform these days in these cool times. Uh, everyone wants to be the, the cool kid who has a platform. But as you rightly say, mate, the, the, the platform, the Kogan platform truly is, to my mind at least, a platform. The idea of being able to effectively utilize your, your relationship with your customer to sell them hopefully what you want them to buy, but also what makes sense for them to purchase from you is kind of at the core of this, right? Because it's the Kogan marketplace business where they effectively clip the ticket on third-party sales. I sell something to you via Kogan, so that's how you find me. That's how I make the sale, but Kogan kind of manages the transaction on the way through. There is that white-labeled stuff. They sell someone else's superannuation product as Kogan Super or someone else's pet insurance as Kogan Pet Insurance. Um, and then as uh, yeah, just the Kogan business itself, it is a it is a, a wide ranging octopus like business. I like the analogy. I like the metaphor. Um, where you know one point two billion dollars worth of sales, I think, in the last twelve months. Yeah, yeah. So that's the gross sales figure. So all the transactions that take place across all its profit, uh, Kogan doesn't get to keep all of that, all of those dollars. Um, so that's why the gross sales figure is a lot larger than the official revenue figure, which I think was around seven hundred eighty million dollars in. 2021, which is not small. So, yeah, that that's showing just how much, how many how many dollars are actually flowing through a Kogan product? Because right. I think it's easy for a lot of people to just think Kogan.com. Oh, that they're cheap TVs. That's all they sell. But it's so much. It, like I said, it's so much more. You know, and then. You know, we build on kind of what is already a growing, you know, market, which is the e-commerce ma- market. I think mm-hmm. uh, since 2019 in um, since 2019 in Australia, online sales have went from 27 billion to 44 billion dollars. Right. During that same time, Kogan's increased its market share of from 2.1 percent to 2.7 percent. So not only is this market growing, but Kogan is pick is increasingly taking more of it. So getting that, you know, almost leverage growth on top of that because you're getting growth on top of growth. That's right. A growing, growing share of a growing segment is always a, a good way to do business. Now let's go from then about the company to then why we like it. Let's go to the investment view. We will talk about the risks, of course, and we will then summarize our, our investment recommendation why we think Kogan is a buy. I'm not giving anything away here. We've, we've started by saying we're going to share you some buy recommendations with you. It is a buy recommendation of ours at ShareAdvisor. We work on together a couple of other services across the Multifold universe as well. So it's well and truly represented. Um, mate, let's go to the investment itself. Why? What is it about Kogan, the company? that makes us keen on an investment in the business? So for starters, Kogan is a company that's really grown its brand in this field and kind of made it their own in a way. So about 66% of its website traffic comes from free sources, like direct website traffic. So it's not paying for that, which shows that people not only tr- like are aware of the brand, but trust it as a point, I will go directly to here to get whatever product 
that I'm looking to purchase. And that brand's really been built on, you know, low cost value to the customer rather than, Mm. you know, it's, Kogan's not a company that will sell you luxury products at, you know, (laughs) extremely high margins. It's building, it's built its business since day one, ever since Mm. Ruslan started it in his garage in like offering products at the cheapest possible prices. Now that means margins are thin, but it does mean that customers, you know, if you can do that and do it well over scale, customers are going to go to you as a, as a trusted source. And that's what we've been seeing from Kogan over this time. Now it, that has helped it grow extremely rapidly. So in 2021, revenue grew, you know, to 780 million at, you know, that was 33% higher than the year before over the last five years. It's averaged, you know, 30% revenue growth per year. You know, those are some strong numbers, you know, like, to go, not to go too finance nerdy here, but when people do, um, when people do like a discounted cash flow valuation, after five to ten years, that the growth rates tend to start getting very low because that's just the theory about how it goes. This is a company that, for a number of years and over five years, has been growing revenue at thirty percent. Now, if it can keep continuing to do those rates, you know that's a company that's going to get to a considerable size. Um, now, going back to my point about the the value, it has extremely low operating costs, some of the lowest operating costs in the Australian retail sector. Uh, previously, you know, JB Hi-Fi is known as a company that is really able to extract, you know, every possible, you know, saving it can. Well, Kogan kind of has them beat. Now, part of that is its online business model rather than it doesn't need to open up all these, you know, bricks and mortar stores. But it also does it through a whole number of ways, including automation, third-party warehousing, which I'll come to as well in the risk. But, you know, that allows it to offer, you know, industry-leading prices on the products that it does and especially... um, Everyone knows Kogan for its private label products, but it also does do third-party branded products. That's that's a big advantage in retail to say, hey, we are offering you most likely the cheapest products in the market. So don't worry about coming, going to our competitors, come to us and they can do it at a rate that allows it to sustain a a decent profit margin rather than needing to cut it. Uh, Now, that's how the business has been going. It's shown this shown it's had been able to exploit new markets, and these are big growing markets as well. You know, many billions of dollars. Uh, we've talked about all the verticals, all the tentacles that it has. <laughs> Not only like the way it does this is actually quite innovative. In some of these, like they don't really sell anything; they're just acting as the middleman, and they clip a commission. There is literally little to no extra cost in selling like an additional mobile plan to them. Um, What does that mean? That means is those businesses keep growing. Profit margins should be increasing along with it. And that's a big opportunity. Uh, They've also rolled out Kogan Marketplace, which is borrowing a leaf from from Amazon's book and allowing third, third party retailers to sell on its platform. 
Now, in 2021, that grew at, grew revenue at 91%. Now, it is just a brand new business, so it's coming from a, a low base, but that helps entrench Kogan as this retail store of choice because now not only it doesn't need to try and get every product and have that in stock to sell itself, it can just clip the ticket or mm. you know clip a little fee from the sale from a third-party provider. Now, again, mm. we're talking increased revenue at a very low cost base uh, because once they built the platform, it's the third parties that will typically take into account the inventory and things like that, and they just, Kogan's just saying, hey, we'll take a, a fee for facilitating the sale. So there's this ability for it to grow margins now, and that's good because at the moment its margins are pretty low, um, as you'd expect for a company that's built its whole brand about selling things for as cheaply as possible. So that's it. We've got really rapid growth and then the ability to grow margins farther, faster. So put that together and I'm optimistic about you know, Kogan's future along with you know, the fact that it's built such a valuable brand. Now, I'm going to talk about uh, the founder, you know, the person the company's named after, Ruslan Kogan. <laughs> um, I've had the chance to, to hear him talk and you've obviously interviewed him as you know, people can find out by listening to The Good Oil. <laughs> you know, Thank you. This, is a guy who, <laughs> this is a guy who built this company from nothing, so from a garage in Melbourne where he essentially used his credit card and used his kind of you know, knowledge and just hustle to get hold of a bunch of private label TVs and sell them. And he's turned that into a company that was eventually listed on the ASX. And before that point, there was, and he did that without any external financing, just building that business and reinvesting the profits that it made. Now it is a company that has over $780 million in revenue. And as we said before, you know, over a billion dollars in, in gross sales, in total transaction value that's happening across that business. Now, I it would not surprise me at all to see that in a few years' time, the actual revenue figure to hit that one billion. I think that's that's where we're going. So, when I see someone, and I'm not someone that gets caught up too much with management, but there are certain managers that get my attention and make me want to invest in them. And Kogan and what he has managed to do with that business is one example of this. So I have to mention, you know, that I, I think he is a, a big plus two and uh, obviously his name is on the is on the sign. I think he's going to be uh, very driven to keep, you know, building this, building on the success that he's already created. Nice, man. I'll, I'll give you a plug, a plug. He's a, he's a really humble guy. If you listen to the Good Oil podcast, you'll, you'll appreciate that. I think it's a, uh, it's been very much a story, I think, for him and, and for the business of, not bringing too much ego to it, and I guess when you start with that, you 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 kind of prepared to learn. And and I, you know, you mentioned you've heard him speak. We we interviewed him at a Motley Fool Platinum event where I, I kind of I, with with a bit of trepidation 
kind of said, well, you kind of like feel like you're kind of copying the Amazon playbook a bit here. And I, I got to say, I, I don't own well still, but I had never met him at all before that point. I thought, oh, this could go badly if he's one of those guys who wants it to be all his idea and his, you know, his vision and his dream, and he wants to tell us why he did it himself. And it could go really badly, right? It could be a blow up moment here. It could be one of those moments. And he's like, well, no, I'm, I'm humbled by the comparison. Gee, that, thanks, I, I appreciate it. And I thought, you know what? That that to me at least was one one of those moments where. Uh, you get a glimpse. And I think, again, the podcast thing will show a whole lot of that, including, by the way, when he was asked by someone, uh, what do you think of my website? And he literally said, I don't know. And his point was, check the data, right? Don't listen to me. Um, he could have, again, imagine that, like you're, you're, you're Rosalind Kogan or someone important and say, what do you think of my thing? Every part of our being wants to say, well, I'm glad you asked my opinion. Here is my opinion. I'm glad you asked. Let me let me give you all, all of the uh, you know, all, all the, the benefit of my wisdom. And instead of that, he just went, I don't know, what does the data say? And I thought that again, and there's a couple of those little moments where you think, it's not infallible, right? It's not perfect and you'll make mistakes and who knows, but um, a couple of little signs that ego is not driving this business. And I think that's probably a good thing. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. Mate, let's go to the risks of an investment. Let's not overdo the, the positives. I, I, I will disclose again, I own shares just in case you haven't been paying attention from the beginning. Uh, just to put that on the record because I do feel a bit mindful of that as we talk about it. I want to be bigging it up. So let's go through the risks of an investment in Kogan, the company. Sure. So I'll start off by you know looking short term. So over the last year, Kogan has hit some, had some speed bumps that it's had to mm. had to deal with and a lot of it is due to COVID, which eventually, which initially it was a big beneficiary of. <laughs> As more people stayed home and were locked down in their homes, more people turned to online retail. Kogan was a big beneficiary of that. Unfortunately, as Australia got better with COVID and things started returning closer to normal, mm. they saw some fall off in the, in the levels of activity that it was seeing before that it wasn't expecting. In fact, it had invested its own money building up inventory under the expectation that what it was seeing would continue. And that meant that it got, it got one of the, one of the big sins of retail is getting stuck with too much inventory <laughs> yeah, and more inventory that, than you need, because that's how already in retail margins are really thin. And then you're stuck with this stuff that, you know, you thought was going to move, but it hasn't. That means extra costs, particularly with Kogan, they're people that try to reduce the cost by renting third-party warehousing space. Uh, that obviously meant it had to pay for a whole bunch of warehousing space for products that weren't moving. Uh, so how do you move it? You discount prices, which takes your already thin margin and makes it even smaller. Yep. Not ideal. So that's a situation that's still kind of flowing through the company. Now, I'm I'm optimistic on the company. I like the company and I think this is a short-term issue, uh, especially knowing Kogan and the company's prowess with data. I think that they will come out of this and continue to be the strong company that it always is. But, you know, there's a risk there that it doesn't, that somehow, you know, it can't manage its inventory properly. That would go against what we've seen from the company for years and years and years, but... It's a possibility because, hey, we live in interesting times at the moment and, you know, who knows exactly what's going to happen a year from now. So if that remains a problem, we're going to see higher costs, we're going to see lower margins and that will generally make the company 
less less attractive. Uh, so, and then we just you know we can extrapolate that even further and look at the wider economic situation as a retailer when we go through tough economic times, which happens, um, and it, it will always happen. Mm. Then what you're going to see is you're going to see sales fall. You're going to see profits fall. You're going to see the company, companies like Kogan have a hard time because people are just spending less money and there's nothing at all the company can do about that. Uh, mm. Now, these are short-term issues when they come up, they go away. And, you know, as we know, over time, if a company is good, its share price will go up and, you know, that's what I'm, I I believe Kogan is a quality enough company that it can get through these short-term issues. It might be a little bit uncomfortable for shareholders during those times, but over time it will continue to imp- increase in value. Now that, that is essentially um, what can go wrong, like on a broader economic situation. Now, other things that can impact growth and impact profitability is competition. And fair to say that Kogan is not, you know, the only big name in the in in the ocean <laughs> that it operates in. Uh, there's this yeah. tiny company from Seattle called Amazon that seems to be doing some things. Heard of them? I don't know. It'll yeah. be interesting to see if they turn into anything, you know, successful. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, then you've got companies like JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, mm. uh, you know, Kogan's in homeware, so you've got your Adairs, like literally the entire Australian retail <laughs> in, like landscape at the moment yeah. probably yeah. competes with Kogan in some way or another. Uh, mm. And competition is, competition is tough. It, it makes it harder for you to earn lots of profits, especially when your customers a shopping for you largely on a value proposition based around mm, price mm. and being able to buy things at the lowest possible price that puts pressure on pressure on margins and you have to try and control your costs if that doesn't happen um, just as we saw with what happened with uh, Kogan this year with uh, it the, the extra charges that it had to had to um, stomach for inventory when that happens and Margins are under pressure. There's not much you can do about it other than just hope that you get through the other end. So, again, I think Kogan has built a strong brand. I think it has, you know, demonstrated a value proposition and it's it's a well-run retailer for the most part. So I think it can get through that and I think there's plenty of room for it. Uh, Amazon coming in, you know, some people see that as a big deal. I think. The argument is also that it could help accelerate the growth or, you know, the acceptance of online retail. So even that in a way is not such a a black and white kind of scenario, but there's always going to be competition. People are going to be fighting over every sales dollar they can get. And there's a chance that Kogan comes out at the other end in a position that's not as good as what it was before. Uh, Finally, a couple of things I want to, touch on here they're not I don't see them as risks per se but they do kind of impact the you know the shareholder experience the investor experience um, we followed Kogan for a while it's been a, a recommendation I think we recommended Kogan for the first time in 2017 on 
at Motley Fool Share Advisor. In that time, we've seen its share price be as low as $2.50 and as high as like $25. In fact, we've seen that multiple times because it has been, you know, this <laughs> roller coaster ride. And, you know, that's volatility. That's in the share market. Um, for some people, that can be very difficult. Um, but like I said, if you believe in the long-term vision, and I, I do for Kogan, then I think that, you know, that volatility is one that offers more opportunity than anything else. As uncomfortable as it can be to see that, you know, the company that you own that was once at $20 a share is now, you know, below $10 a share and it's only been a few months, um, you know, that's never a good feeling. But I do believe that over time, especially especially at current share price levels, um, Kogan will continue to increase in value. And as it increases in value, its share price will go along with it. So there's plenty of opportunity there. Another one that I think has, like I've talked about Rosalind Kogan and I, I'm obviously a big fan of his, but fair to say others have not appreciated the fact that he's previously sold shares in the company. Yeah, um, There's a, a there's obviously a big bias out in the investing world that when insiders sell shares, that's a bad thing. Uh, you know, uh, you know the head of the head of Dicker Data was the recent one. The share price fell after he sold a big a big branch, and all he was doing is, hey, I want to buy Jet. You know, <laughs> Marcus Blackmore, a Blackmore fan <laughs> uh, of Blackmore's fame. You know, I sold shares. Yeah. Why? I, I wanted to buy a boat. You know. Insider shares, insider share sales <laughs> don't always mean bad things, but right. it can cause people to, <laughs> you know, be scared off. And it's like, well, they must know something we don't. And it's like, well, no, they might just have a big tax bill or want a jet or a boat. <laughs> um, right. So that that's something to pay attention to. Mm. You know, I ex- I expect Ruslan Kogan to probably sell more shares in the future. You know. He's a guy that basically built his entire net wealth on the back of this yeah. one company. We're investors. We preach diversification. I'm not going to, yeah, that's you right. know, I'm not going to have a go at a CEO for saying, hey, I think having, you know, almost all of my net wealth tied up in my retail business um, is not best for my, you know, my family situation. Yeah. So I'm not worried about that, nor am I worried about the volatility, but I want to put that out there because an investment in Kogan is going to involve these things. And I, I believe that if you stick and focus on the long term, I think, you know, all of that unpleasantness that you'll go through when these things pop up will be will be more than compensated for. Beautiful. Nicely said. All right, mate, this is where the rubber hits the road. Let's try and sum up the total of our conversation thus far in Around 60 seconds, our patented, not really, 60-second elevator pitch for Kogan. Hit me with it. Why should, after all of this conversation, after all of the time and attention, viewing and listening, why should our viewers and listeners buy shares in Kogan.com? Kogan is a leading retailer in a space, the e-commerce space, that is growing at a much faster clip than the underlying retail world. It is also picking up greater market share in that in that world, which shows that mm. it is not only doing what it says it what it's trying to do, but doing a really good job of it. Now, on top of that, the next level, it is expanding and entering all these new markets, both geographically and 
based on different segments that have the potential to continue helping the company to grow at a rapid rate for many years to come and become more profitable in the meantime. Now, at that same time, its share price that was only, you know, a, a few months ago, uh, I don't know exactly the time frame, but all above $25 is now under $10. I think that is, you know, that's just offering immense value right now. You know, it's going to be a volatile ride, but it's because of that volatility that you will get opportunities like I believe exist now to buy this fast-growing company at a pretty cheap price. Very nicely done. Thank you, Leggett. Before I sign off for the record, I own shares in Kogan, Amazon, and Adairs. They were the companies we mentioned today that I own shares in, so I'll get that on the record. Do you own any shares in companies we've talked about today, mate? No, no, none, none at the moment. Perfect. There you go, fools. You've heard it straight from the horse's mouth, if that's not an unkind way to say it, or just from, from the expert's mouth, let's put it that way. Andrew Leggett giving us the the good well, good oil. Can I say that? Can I say that? Can I have another plug? I'll throw that in. The good oil on Kogan.com for another good oil. No, I won't go that again. Just it, look. Good old podcast, Kogan knows all I'm saying. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, please make sure you do like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, check out Motley Full Money. That's right. This is being broadcast on both, as I said. So do us a favor. If you're a podcast listener, come and check out the YouTube channel. If you're a YouTube viewer, my apologies. You've got to look at me. But you can also avoid that by signing up to Motley Full Money or The Good Oil Podcast. If you're on Twitter, you can follow Andrew Leggett at Andrew Leggett, funnily enough, Nice and straightforward. If you want to follow myself or The Motley Fool, or maybe and The Motley Fool, on both Twitter and Instagram, the handles are the same. At TMF, that's The Motley Fool, at TMF Scott P on Twitter and Insta, or at The Motley Fool AU on both those platforms. If you're on Facebook, jump onto facebook.com slash The Motley Fool Australia or facebook.com slash Scott Phillips and Money. We're everywhere. We're all over the place. Make sure you follow us, like, subscribe, chat, comment, interact. It's all part of the fun. It all helps the investment community grow just a little bit. And of course, don't forget, these are all free. A free look behind the curtain today with Kogan.com from Andrew Leggett. All right, on behalf of Andrew and the rest of the Motley Fool team, until next time, full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691. Listener.